It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. So thankful to have this opportunity once again to be with you, to open up God's Word and dig into those rich teachings and truths with all of the promises, all of the hope, all of the blessings, the guidance, the instruction, the wisdom, and yes, even the chastisements, the corrections, the rebukes, all of that there for our good, for our learning, for our guidance, for our well-being spiritually and eternally. How blessed we are to have God's Word. You know, in this country, almost everybody has a Bible. Now, even a whole lot of people who don't have much still have a Bible, or at least a New Testament. And a great many households not only have a Bible, but they have a number of them. <laughs> Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, they have them, but they don't use them. Very seldom do they open it up and read it. And if at all, again, just here and there, and they don't really put it to use. They don't study. The Apostle Paul, as the King James Version puts it in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to get into God's word. It is the word of truth. And Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We need, to know, we need to know the truth of God's word. When Jesus was ready to go to the cross on the night of his betrayal, he was praying to the Father. And he said in John chapter 17 and verse 17, praying to God, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Well, that explains more clearly what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 8 and verse 32 when he said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you or set you free. The truth is God's word and that's why we need to study it. That's why we need to read it and be diligent and consistent and active in our pursuit of learning all of the truth that we can from God's word because that is the communication from God to us as to how we can be with him for eternity in heaven. How we can be forgiven, how we can be saved, how we can grasp onto that hope that he offers us through the pages of his word. We do want to help you learn the Bible better. And we're thankful that we have this opportunity to do exactly that through this program. And we do pray that as you study with us, listen to the program, listen to the teachings from God's Word, that your knowledge of the Bible is increasing. And that as that happens, that your faith in God is growing deeper and stronger. And that as that happens, that you're coming closer to God. And our prayer is that you'll come to the point where you'll make up your mind to come to Him all the way through Christ his Son, and your Lord and Savior. Repenting of your sins, openly confessing your faith in Christ, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, and then beginning to live that new life in Christ with that new direction toward heaven. 
Our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you. At the end of the program today, we'd like to offer you a free Bible study. It, we send it out through the regular mail. There is no charge for it. It's free, and we mean exactly that, free. And we'll even take care of the postage. All you have to do is contact us and ask us for it, and we'll tell you how to do that at the end of the program. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and we'll give you that information in just a little while. We're going to finish up this particular study that we've been going through over the last several days, talking about how God can forgive someone even as bad as you. Now, I've really emphasized, and I think it's important that I do so, that there are a whole lot of people who think that they're just too bad to be good. They've been so unrighteous that they can never be counted righteous by God. They've been so sinful that they can never be forgiven, that God would not want to forgive them. They're unforgivable. They're just so bad that God cannot or would not forgive them. Well, Luke chapter 1 and verse 37 says that nothing is impossible for God. We've looked at passage after passage that talk about how God wants to forgive and what he has done to bring about the opportunity for everyone to be forgiven, even the worst of the worst. And when the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, he said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am chief, Paul says. Even Paul could be forgiven. And he had been a terrible enemy of Christ. He had been an enemy of the church, which is the body of Christ. He had hunted down Christians and taken them into custody and forced them to be put on trial, and even on occasion voted for their execution. No wonder, he said, he was the chief of sinners. And yet even he could be forgiven. When Ananias was sent to him by the Lord himself, in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, he asked Saul, as he was known then, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Even someone as bad as Paul, then Saul of Tarsus, could be forgiven. When Peter and the other apostles were preaching on Pentecost to that multitude of Jews, Peter went into some detail to talk to them about how they had taken Jesus by lawless hands, how they had crucified him, the Son of God and their Savior. And then in verse 36, he said, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And then in verse 37, they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They were convicted, many of them, 
of the guilt of their sin in rejecting and crucifying or at least contributing to the crucifixion of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What shall we do? What could be worse than that? What could you have done that would be any worse than what they did? And Peter responded, repent. And that's what you need to do. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's what you need to do. As you're baptized, and the word means immerse, bury, submerge, plunge, dip. As you, are, as you go under the waters of baptism, you become united with Christ. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5 tells us that. And you're baptized into his death. And you're raised up with him just as he came forth from the grave. You come forth from that watery grave. Alive spiritually, reborn in Christ, the scripture says in verse 3 of Romans chapter 6. God sent Christ to this world for someone as bad as you. Even you can be forgiven. In Psalm 51, we're going to spend some time there today. Beginning with verse 1, and we find in this psalm somebody struggling with sin. It's said to be a psalm of David. And David opens this particular psalm pleading, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. As I pointed out in an earlier program in this series, when Peter told those Jews on Pentecost, and about 3,000 of them responded in obedience, to be baptized for the remission of their sins. The term is to be understood as a complete removal, blotting out, completely taking away any record of. And that is the sense of what David is asking. And I think we could probably understand this as a prayer to God, or at least the sense of being a prayer. In Psalm 51, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. It is thought that David wrote this particular psalm in reference to the sin that had been brought before him that he was guilty of in committing adultery with Bathsheba and contributing to the death of her husband. And even so, he's pleading for God's mercy according to God's loving kindness, according to the multitude of his tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge transgressions and my sin is always before me. I can understand the feeling of so many people who feel like I've sinned so much. You don't know what I've done in my life. No, but I know a whole lot of what I've done in my life. I've done some terrible things before God. But I'm not the Lone Ranger. We all have. The best of us have done terrible things before God. Every single one of us needs God's forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. David would later be referenced in the New Testament as a man after God's own heart. And yet here he is, guilty of sin, and he's pleading to God for mercy, for grace, for forgiveness. Against you, you only, he writes, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Well, you know, every sin is against God. Oh, we might, we might sin against some individuals, but the sin is ultimately against God. He is the one who created us in his image, and every sin is ultimately against him. Verse 5, Behold, I, brought, I was brought forth in iniquity, and, sin, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 7. Think about that. Whiter than snow? Oh, you look over across a landscape after a newly fallen snow. And everything looks different, doesn't it? Maybe there had been mud puddles there. Maybe there had been dead grass. Maybe there had been dead leaves lying on the ground. Maybe there had been potholes in the street. Maybe there had been oil stains where cars had gone by and over and over again and, and left the street looking dirty and grimy. But then the snow falls. The dead leaves don't show anymore. The dead grass is covered up. The potholes, they're covered. The grime, the oil-stained streets, they're made white as snow. And you look out. Maybe the snow fell during the night and you get up the next morning and you look out and you say, oh, how beautiful. Everything has been cleaned up in appearance. And I realize that in that case it's just a surface level kind of thing. And that the potholes are still under the snow and the grimy oil-stained streets are still there under the snow. The dead leaves are still there under the snow. The dead grass is still there under the snow. And when all 
the snow melts, all of that will come back out. But for that moment, everything looks clean. It looks pure. It looks bright. It's beautiful. Now what David is talking about in Psalm 51, he's not talking about a temporary thing. He's talking about a, a total cleanup. And notice, as beautiful as we think that snow looks when it first, when it first falls, David says, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow. And then verse 80 says, make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Now what do you think that joy and gladness is about? I think we can understand. It's about his forgiveness. It's about God washing him whiter than the snow. It's about him purging his sins. It's about him cleaning him up, blotting out his transgressions, washing him thoroughly from his iniquity. Verse 9, he says, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And look at verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Maybe that's what you're looking for. Maybe you're just longing. Maybe you haven't been able to put it into words yet, but that's exactly what you're longing for. A clean heart, a steadfast spirit. God can help you with that. If you'll come to him, his way. Verse 11 says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And God wants to do that for you. Even someone as bad as you, as horrible as the things are that you have done in your life, he wants to forgive you. In verse 13, David goes on and says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Not only can God forgive you, but think about what David had done there. King of Israel. And he had committed the terrible sin of adultery with Bathsheba. And then to cover it up, he had essentially led to the some would call it murder of her husband. He fixed it so that he would be killed in battle. And yet he's pleading to God for forgiveness. And God could forgive him. And then he says, I'll teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Not only can God forgive you, but he can use you as one who has been forgiven to teach others that they can also be forgiven no matter, how, no matter how bad they've been. Deliver me 
from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, he goes on, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Are you ready to come to God with a broken heart? With a contrite heart? With one that sincerely and deeply longs for his forgiveness? For restoration to him as one created in his image? If so, you can be forgiven, even you. Someone as bad as you, who has done things as terrible, as horrible as you have done, even you can be forgiven. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And there's no heart that is more heavy laden than the heart that is carrying around the dreadful guilt of sin on an ongoing basis, longing for forgiveness, but not coming to God for it. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to him his way. For forgiveness his way. And the promise is that you will be forgiven. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. And you can receive that free Bible study. And it will tell you exactly how God has instructed that you can come to him for forgiveness. Even you. Even someone as bad as you. And be forgiven. Trust God. Contact us right away. Won't you?